0: To the Board Game
1: Community Show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers. Publishers, whatever. Really anything with an error at the end of its title is welcome here on the Board Game Community Show. Show, show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. Today, I am rejoined by... The great Sky Larson. How you doing, Sky? Doing great. Happy to be here. Good. And then joining me for the first time, and not in the normal way of, oh, we're going to get to know him. I already kind of rambled
2: about him in episode one hundred. But Matt Dinger. Uh, I'm so glad to be in the presence of greatness. <laughs> I'm just over here fangirling. Yeah.
1: yeah. Me too. Sky is such an amazing designer, human being. I just, you know, I get to fangirl too. <laughs> oh, <No>, brother!
2: Incredible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just to make Sky really uncomfortable, right?
0: <laughs> yep. You know, it's a good way to start.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Let's mean, get that out of the way. Right now, even when does the uh, Do you know when the Golden Geek Awards end? Um, I do not. I didn't check on that. I should have checked that before we started because I think that you people will still have a couple of days to vote. And so go and vote. Uh Paperback Adventures, which is Sky's baby, is is one of the nominees. So I voted for it. It was my number one choice.
2: <laughs> yeah, vote for Sky. I had Sky sign my rule book last night. So yeah incredible experience
0: (laughs) transcendent yeah it looks like it's may 7th is the cutoff from what i can tell so okay so
2: well
1: sunday yeah sunday's the last day to vote i think
0: okay that's probably it go
1: fast vote uh and there's other amazing podcasts in there there's other categories so many so many cool things it's i i voted in nearly everything i think there was only one category where i didn't know any of the games uh that's a great shame as a board gamer, especially as a podcaster, I guess.
2: There's so many though. Yeah. I don't I don't, think, I don't think I don't think you should feel shame about that, Riley. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't really, I guess. The, uh a lot of them I don't even have any interest in trying, to be honest. You know, I'm sure they're great, but if, if somebody asked me to play them, I would love to play anything. I just love playing board games.
2: Seriously.
1: So Matt and I know each other through Twitter found out he lives like 10 minutes away from me and we've gotten to know each other a little bit, huh?
2: Yes. I, I even put a picture on my Twitter because <laughs> Riley told me I was a creep <laughs> in so, the most loving way. Yes, absolutely. No, my, my love language is sarcasm. That's what I've told uh, these folks here on the call. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I started playing board games during the pandemic And my husband is not super into them. So I think I was looking for community and found board game Twitter and then found Riley. Well, I found your podcast first, I think. And then I was like, oh, "Oh, man, he lives like very near me. So then was the creepy reach out. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you did. I
1: remember I, you know, I just was like waiting a day or two debating whether to reply or not. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll reply And I'm, I'm glad you did too, Riley. Yeah, and then we got to meet at SaltCon, and I introduced you to Sky there. Yes. <laughs> now we're all best, the best of friends.
2: Best of friends. Absolutely.
1: So we all got together last night because Matt here, he loves the game Too Many Bones. He has it. Sky and I have always been interested in playing that. And so we got together and we played it for the first time for two of us. And I thought it'd be fun uh, to do. I mean, this is going to be a no edits episode. So maybe already there's some little awkward pauses or uhs and ums that I didn't normally, you know, normally I would edit out, but I'm not going to this time. So uh, I thought it'd be fun for us to just kind of share our next day thoughts. And then Matt can share his, you know, his uh, wisdom of having a plethora of plays. Here we go. Too many bones. You guys ready for this? So ready. I'm ready. Okay. Too Many Bones came out in 2017. Designer Josh J. Carlson and Adam Carlson. Artist uh, Josh J. Carlson. I didn't know he did the art too. And Anthony Latourneau and uh, publisher Chip Theory Games. I might just, you know, read this little description here. Unless Matt, unless you want to take a crack at just describing what the theme of it is. Well, you, you should read the description.
2: No, I don't. I I don't know that I can do you justice on a uh, lightly edited podcast. <laughs> That's yeah. I wouldn't be able to describe something on the fly either. So.
1: All right, Too Many Bones comes loaded for bear by breaking into a new genre, the Dice Builder RPG. This game takes everything you think you know about dice rolling and turns it on its head. Dripping with strategy, this fantasy-based RPG puts you in the skin of a new race and takes you on an adventure to the Northern Territories to root out and defeat growing enemy forces and, of course, the infamous baddie responsible. Team up or go it alone in a one-to-four-player co-op or solo play campaign with over 100 unique skill dice and four to seven classes to choose from. Every battle is its own mini challenge to figure out your adventure will consist of eight to 12 battles before you reach your final destination and face off against uh, one of a number of possible kingpins in order to win. Along the way, you will be faced with storyline decisions that will quickly have you weighing risk, reward, odds, and logic. With dice woven into every aspect, your party will also face other decisions when to rest, when to explore, or even which fights to pursue. The encounter cards offer fun plot twists and some comic relief, all while setting the stage for your next battle. That was a lot to read, but whatever. Y'all get it. (laughs) Unedited. Uh, I thought that may, I should have read through it before because I thought that it might also describe some of the mechanisms of it. I mean, the main thing, right, is the dice building. So, uh, you're going to be rolling dice, building
2: your, uh, your tech tree, right? Definitely. So for the most part, you have like 16 skill dice and then four kind of core abilities that are pretty standard in any like RPG type thing that that you can grow from that standpoint. But, yeah, you can only roll a certain amount of dice based on your dexterity, and it's really about making the choices in your tech tree that are going to be the most fun and have the most impact.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really cool to be able to, you know, you had described the game and I was kind of understanding it. You did a great job explaining it, but it's one of those things where when you, you don't necessarily fully understand it until you start doing it. Like, All of a sudden, it clicked that, like, oh, yeah, I'm taking this dice from my reserve and then putting it into the little, uh, you know, there. it's this nice mouse pad of of your skill tree and your stats. And so then I put that in the right spot. They're all numbered, which made it really nice. I noticed that partway through that it was like, oh, this dice says uh, 10. So that's spot number 10 on my skill tree. And, uh, like, just... Very clever how they did it. very intuitive, I think. It starts to come together pretty quick. Or at least that was my thought on that. And then, you know, I put that in there, and then later I can choose to roll that. My character was, oh, what was Gasket? My character was Gasket, so I was a robot. And uh, I, so, like, I didn't exhaust my dice when I used it, so I didn't necessarily experience that part of it. But was that something... How does that feel to you guys when you had to like exhaust a dice? Because then it's out for the rest of
0: that battle. You don't get it back until the end of the day. I mean, to me, it just felt... It's just a different way of doing a fairly standard thing, which is kind of having one-use powerful abilities. Like, I had a heal, you know, and so it was about how can I best time this heal? We... Spoilers, I guess. We never... (laughs) We'd, I never had to like do this, but like I, I had like a multiplier die as well. So I, I imagine like a lot of it would be like building up to this, like I want to get off this huge, impactful heal. So when you have these kind of exhausting elements or or things like that, you know, I mean, it's something we did in Paperback Adventures that it lets you kind of pack a lot of punch into the ability itself. So it's like you really want to find the right moment to use it.
2: I love that you uh, got a plug in for your own game. Oh,
1: of course. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I was thinking of bringing it up too, because it's like, you know, each letter has its own use. If you're going to use that power, then you have to exhaust that card. So totally similar there. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: You and know, then that's yeah. where my mind goes. Go figure. So and, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah and, and to me, it's part of that puzzle. You know, it's like, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? When do I need to time this well? And I feel like one of the, so other games I've played, we actually had more battles. That was something that was interesting. I think it was partially the tyrant, like usually those tyrant encounters have more battles, but our tyrant encounters had different decisions to make. Yeah. So that comes into play a little bit more in the battles themselves. Is the encounter deck built, like, is there a different encounter deck for each,
1: uh, tyrant?
2: So there are, you put in. Like a certain number of encounters based on the number of days, and then you add however many tyrant encounters come with that tyrant. Oh, okay. So our tyrant had lots of them. We fought, I think it's pronounced Amanite. um, who was kind of this mushroom person. Uh, we talked about how it seems like we were playing uh The Last of Us, yeah. which was fun. People were infected by mushrooms. And so, so he had he or she I don't they had like five tyrant encounters, which, based on my experience, is m- at least a couple more than most of the tyrants. I feel like most tyrants have two encounters, um, and then, like I said, at least the encounters that we ran into were not battles themselves. The tyrant encounters.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised by that, and I, I didn't know exactly how the encounter deck was built or anything. Uh, you know, we were lucky enough to be able to just have you set it all up. And it really didn't take that long with how big the game was to set it up. I was surprised. Granted, this box, you know, is a big, beautiful, sorted box. But uh, yeah, you got it set up really quick. The encounters, though, I thought were really fun and interesting. I thought we were going to have more battles as it started to go on. When I very first saw the game, I didn't realize it was like a series of battles. I thought it was just like, you just play a battle. But there's so much more to it. You're playing through, right? We had, what, six to eight days. We, had, we could fight this tyrant on the sixth day. Uh, it, and then, is that right? Yeah. Because
2: yeah? Okay. we'd earned enough yeah. gears.
1: Yeah. yeah. But we had to defeat him by the eighth day or we lose, right? Yeah. So even if we went up against him and we fought at him and lost on the sixth
2: day, would we get to try again on the seventh day? You can, as long as you have days left. Okay. And that's part of it too, is you're kind of deciding, okay, you know, if I do another encounter, I may be able to kind of level up my character or grow a little bit more. But then at the same time, there's a mechanism where the battles get tougher the longer you go. Um, And it's, it's really just like a multiplication of the day that you're on and the number of gear locks that you have in your party. And so you're weighing the okay, I can get tougher, but the enemy is going to get tougher too.
1: Yeah. And the gearlock are the fantasy race, they're kind of like these little almost gnome elf like things, right? Like they're like skinny little gnomes with elf ears or, or something. I don't know. That's yeah, they're kind of it. creepy. They
2: are kind of in creepy, a beautiful creepy.
1: way. Yeah. The art in this is pretty. The art mm-hmm. is something. <laughs> Uh, yeah i don't know if you want to mention that fear or not or just
0: move on from there oh you're just going to bring out like all my weird fears through your podcast bit by bit (laughs) i know (laughs) i mean if you don't want to
1: talk about it i can mark
2: this down and edit this part out so no no, that's what gets the listener sky that's what we're coming in for
0: (laughs) yeah so in addition to my dislike not fear of clowns. I would say I have a bit of a fear, uneasiness of it's called the uh, tryptophobia, I believe, but it's a fear of like holes in things, which there's just certain things that look a little gross and creepy and it makes sense because he was a fungal they they were a fungal monster and the Ammonite or whatever, and so Yeah. Yeah. Just based off that art right there, yeah, there was like some holes in it and I was like, I don't know, it looks a little creepy, but we we went and fought it anyway so
1: yeah we conquered your fear
0: yes As, uh, no longer grossed out by I- <laughs> images
1: yeah i'm sure that's exactly how it worked right <laughs> uh yeah yeah it was uh <laughs> i felt guilty at first cuz i was like oh i think this one looks the coolest and then you you brought that up and i was like we really don't have to and you're like no it's fine i was like i'm not like
0: Whatever it, yeah, we had it was fine, and we didn't. I mean, the art didn't show like it wasn't like this consistent theme of showing all these weird, you know, fungal art pieces. It was just the the bad guy themselves. So, yeah, and
1: so like the tyrant is the big baddie that you're going up against in that like scenario, right? The set of x amount of days, and then baddies are just
2: any bad guy on the field, right? Yeah. And they're like, there are types that get you, you determine which types to include based on the Tyrant as well. Oh, okay. So it's good though. Cause it gives you some like variability. Yeah. That makes a lot of
1: sense. And I really liked how you determined, like, so there's these chips, right? All every, most of these things are chips, chip theory games who figured, and they're really nice components, nice, like kind of poker chip style components so the bad guys were these chips uh and they were stacks of one five and 20 is that right yep and so depending on the day and then the number of gear locks in your party you would generate your encounter when you had a battle encounter and so it would be like on the first day we'd be you know one day one and then uh three gearlocks. so we have four right Is that right? Okay. And so we just take four ones and put it on there. Day two, now we're at five. So we would just take one five chip and put it down. And it just goes on like that. So day five, we have, I mean, and there's other things that factor into it as well, right? Yeah.
2: Sometimes like we had conditions that meant we had to add numbers to the batty queue, or like your, your encounter will sometimes say add five to the batty queue, or add a five point baddie or something like that
1: yeah it ends up just being this kind of mix and match of like take the biggest number and then the remainder you you will put into the ones right and spawn them and so you might have four enemies you might have one enemy and but it's going to be tougher I I thought that was really clever I I haven't for me I haven't seen a game really
0: generate bad guys that way yeah yeah I enjoyed that as well Um, I don't I don't know if I've seen that, especially with, like, the steps, you know, of, like, just basically add up to this number, but, you know, fill it up with the highest tier ones first. But it was a fun way of doing that, and you get the feel of, like, kind of like a mini a mini boss or, like, an elite enemy along with kind of the little minions around side them. And, uh, yeah, and the fact that it's kind of random for me is a plus. Some people, I could see that bouncing off of them. Cause you could just get a really unfair combination, but um, I, I thought it was fun. Cause you know, you just have a new problem to deal with that. You kind of just have to figure out tactics for.
2: Yeah. I also feel like if you have a problem with that, then a game based on a bunch of dice rolling is maybe not for you. <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> have to be not. for everybody, but yeah, if you're, if you're real worried about probability and chance, then that's the thing, though,
1: that I... re Like, as I was driving home and thinking about this game, I was thinking about how awesome the dice rolling actually was. Because, you know, that's how you get stuff done. That's how you attack people and generate... uh I mean, wh- generate healing or uh, damage or defense, all of that stuff, right? But you're never wasting a dice. Because if you roll let's say you know they're all six sided dice so one through five are going to be some number uh so like one of mine had i think three ones and two twos and then one side of nearly every dice that i saw had bones on it some cross bones and uh and so those are the like those are the too many bones but if you roll that you don't get you know it's not like you can change it into a one unless you have an ability or anything. You just take it and you put it on your board. What was that thing called? Now I'm forgetting what that was, the uh, backup plan. Yes. I came back. So the backup, you put these bones on a slot in the backup plan, and then there's kind of meters. And so there's like a level one. Uh, Mine didn't have a level two. I don't know if other ones have like level two. So if you have two dice in there, did you have a level two, Sky?
0: Yeah, mine just was one
1: through six, I believe. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So mine had like one, three, four, five, six. And then if you get to six, then you get to level up your innate ability permanently. And that would be amazing. I would love that. Right. That's a permanent upgrade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: And I do. So, and we saw some of this and and I told you I'm a sucker for deluxe components. So that's what this is all about for me. However, there was a point at which Riley was like, yeah, but you'd have to get all the upgrades to like really love this. And it's like, no, like the only upgraded thing uh, that I had was the health chips. Everything else was like really what comes out of the box. But like what what I actually meant to get to right now was dice are used in every possible way they can be. So like some are counters, some you roll There are some encounters that happen where you have to flick dice at other dice or where you have to stack dice into a tower of a certain size and get rewards based on that. So like it is ridiculous, but like it's obviously the point is like just how over the top it is. And it's like, okay, what is every possible way we can use this?
1: That's insane. Yeah. It's so clever. And that's, Right, all three of our characters played very differently. Granted we weren't flicking dice or anything like that. But, you know, like I was I was a robot. I was immune to poison and all these other status effects, which we didn't realize and we thought I died and then it was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> and then I came back into the battle and it was epic that, and then that was a turning point for us. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Especially against the bad, you know, a tyrant that's so poison focus that I'm guessing that that makes a lot of sense why a lot of enemies probably had the, uh, poison attribute. I imagine they might've been part of his set. Is that right? Yeah. Okay.
2: The, the bog ones with the little mushrooms. Yeah. But also why I think we like, I think we did pretty well. I think part of that was like figuring out the puzzle of the end boss. And part of that was you couldn't be poisoned and a lot of the mechanisms relied on like that becoming a pretty critical weakness in the battles yes that was uh, <laughs> cuz i didn't have a lot of life i had like one
1: starting health which is not a lot at all right like you guys all had i think you are yeah, starting health for five, were five. Yeah. yeah and so my i had high defense so generally i had you know i would roll at least one or two defense die on my turn and i would get some bonuses there Um, But I guess talking about characters, this is the most intimidating part of the game Mm -hmm. is that it is a big sheet, bigger than like a, I don't know what size that would be. Maybe it's just like, you know, a full regular size piece of paper almost, but they're PVC, so they're really nice components. Uh, And the PVC on this felt great. I know I was going off on fugitive uh like bouncing back and forth between whether I liked them or not because I was like, oh I can't tell yet. Like it's mm-hmm. new to me, but doing this one, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm sold. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: For a mad especially, oh no, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't know if I love the PVC cards in Fugitive. I mean, they're really nice, but yeah, like a, a deck of cards you have to shuffle, do you have to stack? But like for like a player aid, like yeah, I felt Felt really nice, you know. Yeah, they're they're hard to pick up, but
2: the plus side is you can play it in the bathtub.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I hope we do that next time. I agree. Yeah, uh, I'm on board. Or hot tub, hot tub it up and too many bones. Go sounds very safe. No dice will be lost.
1: (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) hot tub, too many bones. Great, we'll stream it. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants that hot tub stream. (laughs) I'll
2: I'll start working out (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: same (laughs) here I'll start eating more (laughs) yeah like the character sheet right I was going on about that it's double sided there is a lot to this thing like a ton of well even just off of that like there's a ton of keywords for enemies but then each character has their own skills and skill tree and what they do and what they mean and different dice and what those dice mean and then innate abilities that just our passive abilities that happened, you know, the setup stuff Th- that was really, really intimidating. And we even, you know, like I read through it all. And I think the first battle, all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I'm supposed to have these starting dice out. Oh, I'm supposed to have this work this way. It, it like took a couple of rounds of combat for me to realize, oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I see what I did here. I messed that up. Oh, well, you know, like it would have given me a bonus or uh, it would have hurt me or even remembering that I was immune to these status effects. Like later I earlier in the game, right? I got affected by a status effect that I shouldn't have. And I rolled one less dice for a turn. So it's like, well, you know, like not too big of a deal for God. I couldn't use items with my character. Like there's just, there's a lot to one character to know, especially for your first play. I think now knowing the game and taking a new character, I could focus just more on the character than learning uh, the mechanisms and and having it all click better.
2: So, so this, frankly, is why I love playing games with you two. And I mean, even like the full group that we played at SaltCon. So I was a little bit intimidated and thought like, okay, these people are going to be like really competitive and like, <laughs> you know, demand, like, especially in a co-op game that everything is perfectly optimized and all of that. But you all are far more focused on having fun. And this was also like the key to, I think, like crunchy or heavier games is to realize that you are not going to get everything right and just be okay with that. And it was like some of the mistakes we made were in our favor and some were actually worse for us. And just a sort of philosophy of, "Eh, I'm sure this evens out like we're good and having a good time. And like I remember so Gloomhaven was my gateway game. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember, so like I had my little pandemic group who we just played Gloomhaven with. And like for the first like 10 games, it felt like we would start with, okay, here is the rule that I taught you wrong and messed up last time. And like, but it was like, yeah, great. We're learning and we're having a good time. And the integrity of the game has not been compromised. It's just, you, you move on and you enjoy it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. It was nice because, yeah, I, def- I definitely made the most mistakes, I think. And that's totally fine. You guys were all cool with it. And it was like, yeah, we'll just move on. It's fine. You know, like there was a part of me that was hesitant at one point where it was like, oh, are we going to have to like undo this or, uh, or, you know, backtrack? Because I wouldn't normally do that uh, unless other people wanted to if that was, you know, part of their enjoyment. But it was just like, no, nah, just carry on. Just have fun. So you're my type of gaming group. That makes me feel warm and
2: fuzzy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we we all had our own characters. Why don't you I want what would you think mine mine was all kind of chaos to some extent. There were dice that I could roll and it would do something random and, and I had to do those things first. I didn't use those too much, but I I liked when I did use them. I wish I got them earlier on. It was nice to be able to like deal damage and just do a lot of s- stuff on my turn. Like I had high dexterity starting out I had four
0: Uh, so I felt like I always had a lot to do my character was patches (laughs) I felt like they were fun I don't know like so I thought it was the lowest complexity and I kind of did that on purpose because I just wanted to really take in the full game mechanisms and not get so lost in my character um and I also like healers and support. I'm I'm one of those weirdos like I like feeling like I can come save the day. So, anyway, so yeah, I picked patches and and while they were definitely a healer and healer focused, like that wasn't all they did and and I liked I enjoyed that. I think uh you know, usually if your character can do a few different types of things, that's that's more fun. So I had like a bone saw that, you know, did some decent damage and Yeah, I actually had the highest attack for a little bit, I think, just because that's what I upgraded. Shout out to the player aid telling me to upgrade that first. So you know, the the player aids did have some little hints at like how you should maybe first build your character. So I just did the very, very standard stuff, but it looked like my character also had some kind of more wild pass where they can kind of have more like they had a stim pack thing and they could do kind of just more Uh, unpredictable things I think I kind of went for the more predictable standard build this time but it's probably what I'd explore next time and that's the cool thing right is that you can
1: explore a bunch of different possibilities with one character and there's already so many characters I mean it it said on here that there were four to seven classes but did you have like I don't know did the Kickstarter have more classes or
2: something Matt so there are like character expansions that you can get and so I have many of those. I don't have all of them. I have all of them coming with, uh, okay. cause I did the unbreakable, um, crowdfunding campaign and essentially just got what I didn't already have. I'm glad my husband doesn't listen to this podcast because I don't have to, uh, explain this purchase to him now. Jessica, he, he knows, he knows he, Uh he just doesn't love it, but yeah. But I mean, even so, like there is a ton of like replayability. So I played Pickett, who I actually don't think I've ever played before. Maybe I did on my very first game. I'll have to go back and look at my records, but there was like, so I had four dice that didn't exhaust and I remember like reading that on my sheet and being like, Oh, like I didn't realize this. And so there are new discoveries to be made because you're never going to be able to upgrade everything. Maybe if you play one of the longest campaigns and get an item like sky hat or something like that, maybe. Um, but you really do have to kind of pick a path or like craziness kind of across the board and you'll still have fun regardless, but it does lend itself to lots of replay value while having, you know, a, a different experience yeah so there's two
1: different ways to play this as far as i understood it there was the campaign so you could have connecting story right
2: yep it basically just like uh turns every tyrant encounter to a little bit of a story and that way you can actually like use the tyrant dice that you defeated as an item oh and then there are some like you get some boons or scars. So some persistent things that happen with your character, but you do not get to maintain like all of the abilities throughout the campaign. So.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. That's cool.
1: We, what was the mode called that we just did just individual play or something or like, sure. What, I don't you know if there's a name scenario. For it. The just campaign just is, um, non campaign, yeah. non campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that was fun. We just picked one tyrant and then went up against it, right? And did the several days. And each day, I didn't explain this, but each day you draw an encounter. We did talk about that encounter deck, but it's like, either it'll be a combat or some sort of situation. And I loved that either way, it was multiple choice. Uh, almost always. Uh, But it was like, you can you come up to this boggy area or whatever swamp or whatever infested area. And there's some enemies in there. You could fight them, but you're going to start out confused. Or you could go and take the long way, but there's going to be harder enemies, uh, but you won't be confused, right? So it was like, which way do you want to go? Different rewards, and then there's always the same rewards. But then there were other times where it was like, you're at a carnival. Uh, What do you want to do there? Or like, you need to take this passage. Do you want to do a combat, or do you want to have these... uh, mole men or whatever they were, I don't remember what they were called, uh, escort you in a secret passage or something, you know, like I just loved that every day there were those choices and the thematics of it. And this, it made the world feel like really alive and and like a full story that we were playing.
2: And there are like, yeah, I like that. It doesn't shy away from like, there is this world built and you don't know every detail, but we're going to talk about stuff as if you do you know, in references to different people or lands or things like that. But it makes me want to like play it more to understand that more, but I'm a sucker for like a campaign game and lots of lore and backstory and things like that. I'm like a role playing game, uh, player
1: at heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love having campaigns. I love the like unlocking new stuff and having a story and a world to explore. I think it's just beautiful in games. And this does that really well. Every item has some flavor text. Even on the player sheet, I was laughing really hard at my like destroy mode because it said, what was it? It was something to the effect of hurting others is easy when you don't feel something yourself. Something like, like when you don't have any feelings. Something like that. And I was like, oh man, that's like dark, but like, Really funny flavor text for a robot to have that's fighting other things. So, so there was all sorts of flavor text throughout that just was brilliant and had me laugh out loud. I did not expect that actually.
0: Yeah, I found I found it pretty entertaining, and yeah, I always agree with just letting people figure stuff out as they go instead of trying to super explain everything. So yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. I felt like one of the encounters, just one of my only quibbles was one of the encounters was like, I don't know, it might have been more interesting like if it were farther along and we had more dice, but it was like some like making a bet, but you had to be within three and it was just mm. like all of us could just make foregone guesses and it was, there was just like no actual game to it. It was just... Yeah see what happens so i i figure because it there's so much random randomness and order of things and that it probably just is one of those things where it came out too early or or something like that um same same with there was one where we technically had a choice with the the zo- zombie spore dice but like oh, yeah. because we had it so late and we were all so poisoned already it kind of there really wasn't a choice <laughs> like we we kind of had to do the the less bad option so
2: yeah i yeah. agree i think if we would have come across that in like our first or second encounter we probably would have made the other decision
0: yeah you know you're just going to get that with a random game and i think that just just comes with the territory um and and i did like that you usually could always get something nice you know even if there were some some drawbacks like you're still getting training points or whatever they're called you're still leveling up you're still figuring stuff out so i I appreciated the fact that you're always progressing
1: yeah exactly i think that's great and there were definitely things like if we had lost the encounter we wouldn't have gotten some items or something you know there is definitely those risks you take but at the same time you still get something in the end and you still get to progress it's not like you lose there was one battle where i was mvp there oh Uh, yeah both uh, Matt and Sky had died. And I was like, well, I'm so out of luck here. Like, there is no way I am surviving this. And then I able I was able to, to pull it out and clinch that victory. It, it was or cinch it, cinch that victory, whatever it's anyway, words. But yeah, sure. that was like a really epic moment. And I felt like there was a lot of epic moments like that kind of for everybody in different ways, right? Like Sky was healing people or using his bone saw and like, you took out the really like tough enemy in that final battle that was you know poisoning us every round and just kind of being a nuisance and that was like whoa like cool you know and Matt being able to score the final hit or uh, what was it one of the times you just needed like one attack to finish him off something <laughs> like that
2: oh yeah there was a moment where I absolutely had to roll I only had <laughs> one attack die. Oh, yeah. And I had to roll an attack, not a bones.
1: Yeah. Cause I messed up. I had that random thing come up where I had to like bash an enemy and move into their spot and then move the enemy. And so that put me between you and the enemy. So you had to like use three actions to move around and then you left it, which left you with only one die. So like, whoo, it was intense, <laughs> but you did it. And it was like, yes, exciting. Like, there was a lot of really exciting moments with, with all of that. I think on this one, it was kind of hard with the like lack of battles because in order to reduce our fung- fungus, our uh, infection, whatever you call it, we had to skip a turn during battle and there were no battles. So at the <laughs> end of d- the day, our fungus uh, just, our infection just increased. And it was like, we can do nothing about this because we are just drawing these like fun, these other fun encounters. They were still really fun and entertaining, but. It was one of those things that was like, oh, frustrating a little bit, but very minor frustration and more of like fun frustration. Where are, do you guys have any like complaints about the game? Mm-hmm. I have one. One small gripe.
0: Why don't you start with your gripe? I'll, I'm thinking.
1: Okay. So I think the art in this is really awesome. But the enemy chips and the enemy cards, I noticed that they're all just like gray as far as from what I saw, like we were looking at the tyrants and they were all just like kind of gr- gray scale art of an enemy. It was uh, like
0: a sketch kind of, it looked like a, like a field journal sketch kind of.
1: Oh, maybe that's what it is, huh?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's funny because I actually, I love the art on the enemies and the chips. I thought that art was good. It was the other art I didn't care for so much, but.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like the art on the like uh game mats the player mats and stuff
0: yeah which is fine it's more a character design thing than like a artistic skill but uh i thought the sketches were really nice uh, actually i thought they were but they they were hard to pick out like from far away um but if you like held it up like the chip in your hand like i thought it looked pretty nice
1: yeah i think that was my my only thing with, and it's not like there's a lot of enemies. There's only, there can only be four enemies on the field at one time. And the playmat, uh, isn't like massive. You, you yeah. generally know as well as the how tall it is, right? Cause you build their health by stacking health chips. So you're like, well, the tall ones, the big bad one, usually. But yeah, like at a distance, the gray sketch stuff just, uh, blended together. But, good point. Like I just pulled it up and I looked at it again and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll am i turn around on that because it is like, you know, it's, it's like somebody etched, just sketched the enemy. And I think that is really cool actually. So, all
2: right, converted. <laughs> and uh, mine, I would say is a little bit similar. And I don't know a way around this when your entire game is a bunch of poker chips but it's like having to constantly go to the reference sheet to say, okay, does this enemy power actually do? Um, and I like, I remember some of them from previous plays, but like definitely not all of them. So there is this constantly referring back to, but maybe, maybe this is just uh, me needing to play the game more.
1: Well, there are a r- ridiculous amount of keywords <laughs> on that thing. It was a, yes. the same size as this character sheet. Double
0: sided, all keywords. I mean, six, 60 to seventy keywords, maybe more. Yeah, was maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that's a gripe, but that's also like what I love about the game too. Like when I went into it, it was called too many bones, and so I was thinking the emphasis was on the bones. Like, oh, this is going to be a big part of the the gameplay, you know, and and it is like the rolling bones is like an important thing, but. But honestly, emphasis on too many. There's just like too many things everywhere. Like there's too just many keywords. There's too many there's too many characters. There's too many like even just like the little icons on your character sheet for like that explain what your dice do. There's too many of those. But I say that all there's too many enemies. But I say that all lovingly because it that's what I loved about it. Like it was just overwrought in like this beautiful way that was just like it made you feel like anything could happen and you didn't know what to expect and everything felt so custom and tailored and yeah like i i loved it but yeah going back to the keyword sheet over and over again was a choice yeah (laughs) yeah
2: well, as far as the Bones are concerned, I think their Bones is like an antiquated colloquialism for dice. For dice, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah oh, yeah. yeah. There's that aspect of things, too. And you know what? I would also say the dice didn't matter. Now, what you said, it sounds like there were some other interesting things they did with the dice. like Yeah, but it's like experience. every once in a while in an encounter. Yeah. But I was actually surprised how little the dice mattered in a weird way. Like, they did... But like so many of them were like flat like one 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 two two mm-hmm. zero. you know? So like in a way yeah, like it, they mattered for sure but it wasn't like a lot of dice games I'm just used to a little more yeah, I don't know yeah. differentiation between the dice themselves and a lot of it was like I'm attacking I know I'm probably going to do about 2 damage, maybe 3 and maybe 0 if I'm extremely unlucky but it the the probabilities were a little more flat than I would expect mm. from a dice game. But that's not necessarily a negative. Like that makes it not quite as like intensely random all the time.
2: Yeah. And I have read some criticism that like the most powerful build is focusing just on your core stats and improving those rather than the skills. Yeah. But that also is the least fun way to play. Yeah.
1: I had thought about that for just a second when I was doing it. And I was like, I already regret how much I've invested in here. Like, I want my skills. Those seem like the more fun things to do. It was like, I needed health. I knew that. (laughs) I needed at least one more. Well, I didn't even need an attack. I shouldn't have done another attack. I should have just invested more into like my skills because those attacked. And I should have been happy with that. But next time. Yeah, next time. (laughs) That's the thing, right? Explore it and find what works with what character. In a campaign, do you play the same character each game? Is that what you're supposed to do, or is it just whatever?
2: I can't remember if you are supposed to or not, but that's what we did. Oh, nice. Okay. I've only done the campaign once, though. Hmm. Makes sense. How is it solo? Oh, it's good. Like, there's still, like, the puzzle element of things. You know, you're figuring out how to defeat exactly like the situation that's been placed in front of you i usually do two-handed solo though to explore more of the characters oh, okay
1: yeah that makes sense kind of like I mean, a lot of people do that with spirit island i started yeah. doing that more recently with spirit island because and it, it does add a lot same with marvel yeah. champions like being able to do two-handed solos uh, a good thing yeah and how they combo off of each other like mm-hmm. uh Yeah, I thought there was some nice comboing and complementing of each other's skills. Let's see. Components were real great. I mean, everything on here, aces, incredible production. I mean, from the game trays to the mouse pad to the dice, uh, everything was real nice. The chips, all of that. But yeah, like you said, the health chips are they just cardboard in the normal one? They're like the kind of cheap plastic poker chips. Oh, well, that's still. Decent, yeah. I wouldn't complain about
2: that. So, okay, you would now that you have played with the premium ones. Yeah, probably would. <laughs> just feel so nice in your hand. <laughs> they totally do have a nice heft. Yeah. Yes.
0: Overall thoughts to close this out soon here. So I, I'll just kind of come back to the same idea I was getting at earlier, but like I think one a good encapsulation of like what I love and what's ridiculous about this game is like the rules about like camping or resting or whatever you call it cuz it's like the, you can like go scouting um you can heal you can there's like all these different options you can like exchange your loot for a different one but then there's like also like lock picking and the lock picking was like you could make a small game out of the lock picking itself like it was just like the, its own little funny lock game or or fun little Dice game. That was actually the most like dicey uh part of the game to me was the was the lock picking, which is just you can sometimes get loot that you pick the lock for. Like, I don't know. I just loved that it was so unexpected that there are so many systems. Um not a lot of games make you feel like you're playing a role-playing game. Um, I think that's actually hard for a lot of board games because you want to trim stuff off. But like this, really had the feeling of like, no, I'm living in this crazy world and got to do all these different crazy things, and and I really liked that.
1: I agree. I totally spaced bringing up the loot, the treasure troves, doing that, and that they all have. I loved that they all had different difficulties on them, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that they weren't all the same. Like I, from mine and yours, it was like a three, five, six type thing. You know, it was it got or three, four, five, whatever. Um, It got harder with each one, but then Matt's was like two, six, four or something, you know, like it wasn't built exactly the same. So it made it, it just was interesting. I thought that was a clever choice and the whole lock picking thing was entertaining at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you want to give your final thoughts?
2: Sure. I mean, I love this game. I've kind of gone all in at this point. And uh, so that's pretty obvious, but definitely the most fun I've had playing it is with the two of you with the highlight being the too many bones cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I
1: went, we went to Harmon's before uh, my wife and I, and I was joking like, I want to bring some snacks or something, you know, Matt's providing dinner. So I feel like I should bring some, some sort of snack. And so I was like thinking gummy bears or something. And then I just joked that we were over by the cakes and i was like we should maybe i should just get like a cake and just write like game night or too many bones on it <laughs> so i bought a like a little birthday uh, i don't know if it was a birthday cake whatever i bought a cake and then we bought some writing uh what do you call that icing. writing icing yeah and then wrote too many bones on it <laughs> it was incredible yeah there'll definitely be a picture on twitter when i post this episode mm. so <laughs> Yeah, thanks for... uh, Don't encourage that. Don't encourage me. (laughs) (laughs) What I wanted to do was do a cocktail, a mocktail. Uh, So I thought about trying to make a mocktail that was themed to the game, but Mm. I didn't have enough time to do the research. Yeah, notes of bones, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get some bone meal and just like powder it (laughs) into some fruit, some, I don't know, apple juice. (laughs) Delicious. That sounds Sounds great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Were those your final thoughts then?
1: Yeah. Good. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: But Uh, just, yeah, I love, I love, you know, i played this solo a fair amount of times, but much more fun with people, especially people I like. Yeah. We're okay. (sighs) You're okay. You're fine.
1: Yeah. I absolutely loved this game. I was telling my wife this morning based on this one play, I was like, this could probably be a top five game for me. Whoa. (laughs) So it was and part of that, right? It's the whole uh, you when you play with the right people, a game is even more fun. It was really entertaining. We were making jokes. We were having fun. You know, uh, it, there were just there was just like a lot going on. Uh, there was just a lot going on that was fun about it. The whole experience. Uh, maybe maybe if I played it by myself, I'd be like, yeah, this is fun. It, it definitely wouldn't be as fun. Without you guys, of course. But yeah, I could, I see a lot of potential there. Like the whole, yeah, it made me feel like I was playing an RPG, that I was picking locks, that I was making these A or B decisions. You know, it, it's a little limited there, but of course it's a game, uh, a board game. It's not like there's a dungeon master or game master running it. So uh, there was a lot of interesting decisions. And I am so mad at myself. I told you guys this, but. Uh, like last year, this was at my local game store and they eventually like they weren't selling it and they needed to make some room and so they put it on their clearance and it sat there and eventually they like took it off even more and it was I think it was 30% off I was just like, I don't know, I want to love this game but I don't know that Kimmy would love it and I do think it's a little too heavy for her at least the character sheet thing, I think if she could get past <clears throat> that, she would like it but I I regret not getting that so bad because this game is totally my jam. I love it. Ah. And I, after playing this I may even go and I like Matt you backed the Elder Scrolls campaign. Yeah. And even still I'm thinking like maybe I'll talk to Kimmy and be like sure, I might want this Elder Scrolls one cuz that's like a uh thing that I love, uh an IP that I love. So uh, and it looks to have sort of similar type things, though it, it seems a little less. In some ways, it seems a little more simplified than this. Yeah, I do think it was highly influenced by, though I think that they've said that. Okay, yeah, yeah, at least mechanically. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know, and maybe it, yeah, maybe it's totally, maybe it's enough of a difference too, where it's not, it's not like a simplified version of it, but just like something new using the same idea.
2: Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, come over anytime. You're only 10 minutes away.
1: I know, right? Yeah. Sorry, Sky. We're starting a campaign.
0: <laughs> it's all good. You know, I'll come when I can, but it is a little bit more of a, a, a jaunt for me. So,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can, w- w- while we can arrange stuff off of air, but we can always meet <laughs> somewhere in the middle too. Matt and I can True. drive together. So <laughs> we are capable of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that that is it then. Too many bones. Hey, that first impressions for Matt or for Sky and I, definitely a win. Yeah, absolutely. 20th impressions for Matt, uh, still a win, right? Still a win. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you guys go ahead and plug what you've got? Social media campaigns. I, paperback 10th anniversary just ended uh, yesterday from when this airs.
0: Mm, so. Yeah.
2: And it's, and it's free or cheap digitally right now
0: yeah so i saw i saw um, tim
2: post about that
0: yeah so I and we on. just hit we just hit the 200k goal we set we kind of just set one really high stretch bonus this time that was kind of more of just a gift to you know people who support Fowers games just because we we'd already packed so much into this like new updated edition so we just didn't feel <laughs> like doing the whole stretch goals game you know so yeah, so the uh, I think it's gonna be free on the App Store for a few days after this episode airs. So I guess go check it out and see if see if that's the case. But um, it's right now it's also cheap on Steam and uh, Android as well. So, anyways, yeah, um, that's probably it for me. Um, I mean you can find me on Twitter, uh, Rob underscore Games you know, as long as Twitter's still around for a while. And that's probably the, probably the best way to get, get in contact with me.
2: And I got nothing to plug. I'm just a dude. So, uh,
0: <laughs> the best dude.
2: Oh, sure. Sure. With all my famous, uh, board game community friends. So, uh, yeah, I'm You're- also on Twitter. Yeah. I was going to say, plug your Twitter if you want, you it's, know, uh, I think it's the Dinger plays games. I, I split my Twitter worlds and so I have multiple Twitters, which makes me probably seem like even more of a creep, but yeah, <laughs> that's me, but I don't really post. I just, uh, I'll respond to things that people do. I don't have yeah. a lot to say. I just like having fun, I but mean, yeah. So, so I'll plug paperback adventures. <laughs> Oh gosh! And and next time I'll tell the story about how I was talking about how much I love paperback adventures to Sky, having no idea that he was the designer. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, no. that um,
0: was a good moment for me. That was great.
1: Very exciting. I mean, this is a great game. We, ah, man, uh, Dinger rate my game.
2: Oh yeah, Dinger ate my game. Oh, Dinger ate my game. That's yes. what it is. Ate? <laughs> yes, because because my real Twitter is the Dinger ate my baby.
1: So,
2: oh yes <laughs> nice that's the dinger ate my game oh that's mm. awesome yeah and then
1: for me you can find me on twitter at Wild Nerd. you can listen to friend info adventure co and immaturely mature bunkers and badasses podcast that has been a lot of fun lately so go check that out if you're interested in that it's it's been really entertaining lately and then I think that's really it. it. Review the podcast if you have Apple Good Pods or Spotify. That helps the that show get seen, or at least it used to. I heard that some of the algorithms changed. Uh, but I still appreciate seeing all the you know positive reviews. And that's it. So until next time, keep nerding out. <laughs> Last night while we were playing, Sky, his character's name was Patches. And so he just
0: kept singing Patches, 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 Patches. Patches,
1: Patches, Patches,
2: Patches, Patches. patches. I love you.